0: Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared
1: by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking this link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business leader challenged with talent attraction, employee engagement, or supporting mental health, we can help there too. Use your benefits package as a key to unlock your workforce. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here on a rainy day, as we sit in Oakville here, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, how's your day going?
2: Doing well, Robin. Hard to believe that another year has come and gone, pretty much. I don't know where the time goes, but yeah, at the time of recording, we're closing in on Christmas, and it just seems like the
1: year's going faster and faster all the time. Well, by the time this episode comes out, it will be the new year, so hopefully everyone had a great holiday season and got to step away from work a little bit and spend some time with loved ones, because at the end of the day, that's what's important in life. So with that, let's get started, because I'm really excited about this guest. Joining us today is Sifunmi. And if I butchered your name, you can correct me. I'm trying to get better at this. He is a Forbes 30 under 30 and the co-founder of CoLab, an online school that empowers and prepares career switchers for success within the tech industry. CoLab facilitates collaborative hands-on product development experience for product managers, designers, and software engineers to gain real world experience. He is also the author of How to Product, a book on transitioning into product management from outside the industry. And before CoLab, Safunmi was previously a product manager at Microsoft, Apple, and Ecobee. Welcome to the show, Safunmi.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Robin. and I'm so excited to be here. I'm mean, yeah, excited
1: to chat. And talk about pronouncing people's names wrong. I'm about to do it again, <laughs> because I'm going to give a shout out to our good friend, Darlene Sagululi, who has been a friend of mine for so long. I first met her, gosh, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably going on a decade now, how long ago. But uh, oh. she's been great to make some... Really, really high quality introductions for us for the show. So I wanted to give her a shout out. So yeah, shout out to Darlene. (laughs) Yeah. Hi, Darlene. Yeah. I look forward to catching up with her in the new year. So why don't we start with the obvious and tell us a little bit about Colab and then we'll dig into kind of the entrepreneur story.
0: Yeah, of course. So, CoLab, essentially, we help career switchers transition into the tech industry with our hands on learning programs. So, we try to simulate what it feels like for them to work in a real tech environment. So, that way, they have the confidence, the competence, and the skills that they can showcase to hiring managers that can help them not just land the job, but also be successful because they've sort of like experienced similar problems in our program. And that's sort of like a high level of what we do. And the reason why we do what we do is because we've been believe that there needs to be an alternative form of education to give people the actual skills that are relevant in the industry so that that way they can be a lot more successful it also helps them battle imposter syndrome it's also better for the companies because people can ramp up a lot quicker and they're a lot more comfortable with their roles and responsibilities and then they do better products they're better employees they're happier they get to do amazing work and i think when you're confident you get to do inspiring work so that's sort of like like high level of what we do why we exist what we aim
1: to provide to our customers when we first chatted and you were telling us about the story i just found it so fascinating about how you found your way here tell us about your journey and go back as far as you feel comfortable going about your backstory because i think it's a fascinating story for other people to hear about how did you end up saying hey there's a need for this and this is why we're going to start this company
0: yeah of course my backstory. I have to go all the way back to where I grew up, which is, you know, I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. I was born and raised in Nigeria and that's where I spent my early life and growing up in Nigeria or even just growing up anywhere, you're familiar with your environment and you sort of respond to the things that are around you. And I think for me, I responded to the fact that like there was a lack of electricity. And I think that was a frustrating experience just like as a growing child because there's noise pollution. And then you hear stories of you know people who were on life support that unfortunately lost their lives because of the power outage. And you also realize the economic impact of such a problem. And then so with that frustration I sort of like wanted to help out because you know the natural human response is to solve your own personal problem and maybe you can solve problems for others or even just for your family and then so in high school I was good at math I was good at physics I was like okay if I'm an engineer that's like a safe career option what kind of engineer do I want to be I was like no brainer, let's become an electrical engineer and then I immigrated to Canada specifically to join the University of Waterloo because I love their co-op program I love the idea that you get to like go to school and work. Even though going into Waterloo in my first year, I was like, oh, this isn't really a technical problem. It's more of like a political societal problem. And I was a bit heartbroken by that. But similarly, you're in a new environment with new problems. So similar, the same cycle. Now, I was struggling international students who was trying to break into the Canadian educational system. And it was challenging for me, it was challenging for my peers. And a lot of people struggled. And so I wanted to help all those people solve the problem. I wanted to solve my own problem while now being exposed to this world of the internet and all the amazing things that were happening in Silicon Valley. Waterloo was a very entrepreneurial school. So a lot of people had startups in the school, and then they would start companies and they had pitch competitions. And then so that was very interesting to me. And then, so I was like, hey, I want to be like those people. And even though I didn't have the skills, I wasn't taking the exact same courses because I didn't decide to change that career path from electrical engineering. And then, so I figured out how to solve this new problem of like, how do I become a lot more productive as a student? How do I help other students be productive? And then so I started talking to hundreds of students across campus. I recruited a team of like engineers, designers, people in marketing. And we decided to build a product that could help solve this problem for students. And that was also an unfamiliar environment that didn't have the knowledge or skills, but I found that very fascinating. I think just with the drive and the desire to do more, I was able to figure that out. And then that then unlocked a new career path for me. And you know, unfortunately, the product didn't take off. It didn't get as many downloads as it wanted to. And I didn't properly understand business, but I was able to come up with something that didn't exist. In four months, me and my buddies or my friends were able to build an Android app and an iOS app, we put it to the App Store, and it was that productivity tool that was supposed to help students. So we accomplished our goal, in, in, in quotes, in terms of trying to bring this vision to life, but there wasn't any business case for it, like, well, how is it going to make money? Those are things that I wasn't thinking about. But that's when I learned about the tech industry's role of product management, right? I didn't plan to be a product manager. I didn't, like, wake up and be like, hey, I want to be a product manager. I was just followed the path of, like, there's a problem that I'm excited about. I want to help set people. I want to help myself. And then so that sort of, like, led my experience. And then so I applied to a bunch of jobs, and the first... Job in tech and product management, job in tech I got was in Microsoft. So I got an internship at Microsoft. I later on joined Apple. And this career path became very interesting because I felt like it combined the best of my skills, like working with people, working on hard problems, solving creative problems, being creative, and just like that influence without authority. And as I continued to grow in my path, came back to Canada, spent two years at Ecobee, and while that was happening, I did experience a new problem, was in a new environment whereby a lot of people reached out to me and kept on asking hey, how do I become a product manager? How can I emulate the experience that you had? And I had dozens of coffee chats in my first year as a product manager at Ecobee. And I was like, how do I help people? <laughs> Again, so I guess you see the reoccurring trend here. And then doing a deep dive into the industry it felt like, the best solution is sort of like what looks like collab today. And then me and my co-founder decided to do something. And that's sort of like what led me to the path of entrepreneurship. It wasn't like, I woke up one day and I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur helping product managers solve problems. It was more of like, I listened to, like my environment. I was aware of my environment. I wanted to help people. And I think the closer that I am to people, I'm able to understand their problems. And if I have the expertise, I'm able to help them solve it. I'm using the expertise and all the things I was able to learn helped me navigate that. And that's sort of like how we got here today. When now I'm working on out full-time as I have been for the past three years. And it's been a fantastic experience. I've learned so much about not just myself, but about business, made so many mistakes. And yeah, looking forward to the future and continuing to learn. And who knows where life is going to take me as I go into new environments and new surroundings
1: that can impact the way that I interact with the world. There's so much to unpack there. And I feel like we're going to have to record it several podcasts because we're not going to get everything that we want to talk about in this one and i know i can't dominate the podcast and ask all the questions but i'm going to ask one because there's a couple of things that came out of that i love the story i'm so glad you're willing to tell it as we're recording because it was a great reminder for me you know people growing up in canada they're not worried traditionally about the electricity going out or, you know, they have someone in a hospital worrying about the power going out. So I mean, I'm glad you told that because, you know, sometimes I feel like it's a kick in the pants for some of the people who grew up like me who, oh, woe is me, this isn't working today. And I think it's a great reminder. Like other people have had struggles that you haven't. So I'm glad we have that reminder. But I also look at your journey and I look at all the things as you pivoted you had to learn. And you said at some point you realize, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. But there was so much out there to learn. How do you approach learning things as that new entrepreneur so that you can move forward?
0: Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And and it's a challenging one because a lot of times as entrepreneurs or if you're in business, your job is to solve problems and to learn things and do things that you don't know how to do. You don't have any context. This is the first time you're experiencing that problem. And unless you experience it firsthand, you don't know exactly what you can do. So the way that I try to learn is by actually throwing myself, you know, headfirst into Those problems. I'm trying to become a domain expertise there. So theory doesn't work for me. I don't do well with just like reading and just like watching videos. Like I need to do things. I need to like try it out with my hands or try to figure out or talk to people or workshop with people or collaborate with people. So and that's sort of like the philosophy behind Collab because we believe in learning by doing. We believe in taking action, and that is sort of like how you get better. You can read so many books about how to start a business, but unless you actually take the steps to start the business, you're not truly going to know how to figure things out. Yet. And a perfect example that I tell people is, let's say you want to learn how to drive. Like you can spend so many years reading about the history of cars, how everything happened, all the engines, how we now have electric cars, we have hybrid cars, these are all the signs, all the road signs, you can spend hours doing that. But until you get behind that wheel, there's no way you can't be perfect at driving. And for anyone who spends a lot of time in the theory, they're still going to struggle. They still need to take lessons. So using that same philosophy, I try to put myself in those situations. I try to work on projects, even though they might be small, or maybe the scope is very little, or it's not going to affect that many people. I try to like like sort of like break it down and make it as realistic as possible. So that way, I'm faced with real-world scenarios that I can actually solve so a lot of times like i've I've been learning a lot about like ads and how to run ads and i'm spending a lot of time with the agency looking into like the dashboards i'm looking at the creatives i'm looking at all the copy i'm writing stuff i'm giving them feedback and we're seeing the results and we're, we're pivoting from that we're learning we're iterating from that i think that's sort of like the best way instead of just like hey we did a bunch of case studies it's like hey this is the best way to run ads so i'll say like the way and this is also true for a lot of other entrepreneurs. Like when they get faced with a problem, they just like throw themselves in it, try to understand it from its core and they try to do it, like put it into practice. And I think that that's sort of like the best way for me, even though it's never the perfect way, but it can accelerate the way I'm able to learn more about it so, as quickly as possible.
2: So for me, I want to swing back a little bit, if I can, to your previous answer. You talked a lot about being in Nigeria, recognizing a problem wanting to help solve the problem. A lot of students had the same problem, wanted to help. Trying to transition to product management, people didn't have experience, wanted to help. There's two common themes there. You've been mentioning it yourself. You're a problem solver and you like to help people. Where do you think that comes from?
0: That's a very good question. I think humans naturally, we, we all want to help people generally. I think some more than others. I think just the context of like, just how I grew up, I think you see a lot of people like struggle in Nigeria as a country with a lot of like imbalance, like the gap between the rich and the poor is like extremely wide. So there's that natural human empathy to like pull down your hand and try to help someone up. So I think just growing up, not necessarily like experiencing hardship myself, I think we experienced it different kind of hardships, but once you watch other people go through certain challenges, you want to do your best to make life easy for them. So I would say like, it's just through that context that I grew up, I think my parents largely, I watched them be very helpful to other people, to their families. My dad had sent his siblings through school, some of them. And then, so just seeing that sense of responsibility, I think that that just naturally rubbed off me. And it's, it's kind of like part of like your responsibility as a human being. It's like, how do you pay back to others? If you've been lucky to have some privilege, how do you make sure like the next person can also experience something similar. And how do you make life easy for others? So I would say like, that's how I try to live my life. And it's not very perfect because now obviously there are times where you also want things and your desires like is more important than everyone else. But naturally I always try to make sure like I carve time, and energy towards whatever I'm doing. Like, I think that's when you also have fun because there's no better feeling when someone feels they're grateful towards you or they can thank you and know that you're making a difference. So I think that's just what has inspired me to do what I do. Well, thank you for that question. I'm gonna like really reflect on that some more. So I really appreciate that wonderful question.
2: I got a bit of a follow-up. Yeah. Because in our previous conversation, you did tell some stories about some successes about helping out some people. Any of those that maybe come to mind off the top of your head that you want to share? Maybe some highlights?
0: Yeah, so many stories. and I think one of the reasons why I do what I do right now and sort of like what keeps me going is when I'm able to look into someone's eyes and they're able to tell you, hey, thank you, thank you, you changed my life. And I think changing someone's life is very grand. You can change someone's life in many different ways. I give an example to people that, there was one time. This I think this happened three years ago. I was leaving an elevator, and someone just said, "Hey, like you smell really good," and it made me really happy. I was like, "Oh wow, let's go cool. Smell good." You know, it's like a small compliment, but it goes a long way. You remember that, and that probably made my day. But when someone looks into your eyes and says, "Hey, you changed my life," like the reason why I'm here is because of you. Number one, I don't like to take any credit. And I don't think Colab, we're very specific about this with our mission, with our values. We don't directly take credit for people's wins. We say that, hey, we've played a part, you know, we're just one out of so many things that have happened. Yes, it might have been a significant part, but one story that comes to mind is there was a a woman who came to our program. This is one of our early cohorts, I believe, like our second cohort. And she didn't go to college. She was learning how to coach. She wanted to be an engineer. And then she went through our program. Got hands-on experience. Got to work with product managers. Got to work with a product designer, and she built something like amazing in that program. She was able to connect with a mentor, and later on, actually a couple weeks later, this was even doing that program. Her mentor was doing a lot of like interview prep for her because she just landed an interview at Microsoft, and she got the offer. She joined Microsoft, and she's been there for the past two and a half, three years now. She's still there as a software engineer, and. Speaking to her and thinking about that story, like, her life is, is transformed because the burning potential has, like, 10 x And I, I don't know the context around why she didn't go to college. I don't believe everyone has to go to college. But now that opportunity is there for her kids if she wants to go to college. And of generation, it's like education. And when you impact people, it transcends beyond who you are. Because and I think back of my own story. So my great-grandfather, he was a shepherd. You know, he sold sheep. And then my grandfather was a clerk, we worked in an office, you know, office job, doing paperwork. My dad was a lawyer, is a lawyer constantly. I'm an engineer stroke entrepreneur. And then, so the story here is like, as more generations become a lot more educated, you get to do more for your kids. You get to impact a lot more people. And I think that's what gets me excited about what I'm doing. It's like, I have the ability to kind of like change the trajectory of generations actually because now they're more educated now they can contribute to society now they can earn more they're a lot more confident they can build things that can continue to amplify impact and value and, and they also receive value and that's and a wonderful thing to really think about and so that's happened recently we hosted a lot of in-person workshops and in-person events. And I remember when I was in New York, so I'm in New York right now, I spent time with one of our alumni. She came to me and she said, hey, for me, the reason why I'm in New York today, I got a job in New York because of all the learnings that you taught me. She's also based in Canada. She's from Canada. But she told me, like, hey, the reason why she was able to, you know, 2x. And this is, again. 10X is obviously extreme, but even 2X, 2X in revenue and being in a new environment at the top of the game, it's like, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. And I was very like, I was like, no, you know, you did the work, you know, you worked hard. We just created that avenue. But it's a good feeling, that I appreciate that. But I try not to get too hung up on that because, again, it's still up to the person to put in the effort. And anyone who's able to
1: do that, it just means a lot that we get to play a small part in their story. So, me, I would hazard a guess that there's a lot of that in your future, and I'll I'll tell you a little story, and maybe Al will finish it off. We talked about it on another podcast. One of the things that I like about the return to the office, and we're not back full time; we're back three days a week. But one of the things I like, my office sits outside our coffee room, so everyone that goes for a coffee comes by my office. And Al came down one day, and he starts telling me this story, and all that I'll let Al tell it. But you know, many many years later. He had someone come back and say, hey, the stuff that you did for me, the stuff that you met me on, the time that you put in, I remember that and it really paid off. And Al now gets to see how well that person is doing. So, Al, I mean, I don't know how much of that story you can share. I mean, I know you shared it on a previous podcast, but as Safumi was talking about that, it just reminded me. And, you know, as we're having coffee, I saw how impactful that was for you too. So Safumi, I think, I think you you have a, a large future of that happening a lot based on the work that you're doing. And again, I love hearing that theme that Al touched on, that wanting to help people comes through loud and clear. And I think, you do it naturally. And I think people are going to remember that about you, right? And come back to you and, and really appreciate that. And, and even if you don't want to take the full credit for it, I mean, just giving people those opportunities and creating those opportunities for other people that will have lasting change for future generations, I think is amazing. You should feel really proud about that.
0: Thank you. I'm not trying. You know, I, I don't want it to get to my head. So that's why always, I have to stay focused <laughs> as much as I can.
1: Talented and humble. <laughs> yeah. Good combination. Good combo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, we talked about your customers last time and what you're trying to do. And there's a promise that you say you always keep with your customers. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, of course.
0: With business, I think every company needs to have set of like their values and the promise that they keep to every one of their customers. I think with education and the space that we're in, I think I've actually had to fund this over time. It wasn't always like this because I came from, you know, product background, just building things that, you know, software people use, you don't get to interact with the person. But now everyone who comes through our doors, is a unique individual with a lot of contacts, a lot of backgrounds, a lot of things that makes them unique, a lot of lived experiences. And you can't treat them like a cohort of people or just like a group of people or these many users using an app. You need to treat them like a human being that has very specific needs and they're coming to you and they're trusting you with their time, they're trusting you with their education, they're trusting you with their energy. Right, because education doesn't just cost your time, it also costs your, your money as well as time and money. You know, similar to like fitness, if you're trying to go to the gym or if you're trying to get a personal trainer, you pay for the membership, but you also have to do the work. It's very difficult compared to like, you know, if I want someone to cut my lawn. You know, give them money They cut my lawn. I'm happy. So we spend a lot of time thinking about that. So one of our core values as a company is servicing our learners above anything else. And that means whatever it is that they need that is within what we provide, within the bounds of what we provide. Because, of course, you know, customers always ask for as many things as possible. They always want more and more but within the confines of what we provide we always try to make sure that everyone has like a unique individualized experience and that goes with you know how we onboard them the team members that we match them with the mentors that we match them with the programs the things that they build the support that we give to them during the program and consistently after the program it's like we're going to be here for you and if you need us, we will support you. If you need an intro, we'll introduce you. And we'll try to make sure that we're kind of like your buddy through this entire process. We want you to have that confidence. We want you to have the skills. And we want you to put in the work. So as long as you keep your end of the bargain, you know, we will keep ours. Which is, hey, we're going to support you throughout the entire process. We're not going to like just lead you and let you go. So it's just more about humanizing the person and realizing that, hey, we hear you. This is very delicate. Your career is a very delicate thing. We spend a lot more time in our office than we spend, you know, sometimes like with our families. Like, if you just kind of like average it out for the rest of your life. So, we want you to love what you do. We want you to be great at what you do. So, we want to be able to support you with that. And that involves being armed with the right sets of information, being armed with the right sets of principles, the right sets of strategies to be able to make you stand out. And then so we've designed an experience to make sure that we're servicing them, like you as an individual, not just like an entire code, want you to be able to feel like you're getting the best for yourself, and it's not just like the same cookie cutter approach for everyone. And that's sort of like our promise. Everyone has a very unique experience. Two people don't have the same experience in our program. And I think that's by design. And that's sort of like what sets us apart from all our competitors.
1: One of the things you touched on that is my favorite thing in life, in business and my personal life, is bringing people together. Like bringing two people that don't know each other. You know they can benefit from meeting each other. And the fact that you had touched on that about, hey, do you, if you need an introduction, yes, we're happy to do that. And I have found so many times when you leverage relationship to do an introduction, it's so powerful, right? It's immediately like when I do an introduction for someone, if I introduce someone to you, Sufumi, because of our relationship already, I'm hypothesizing here, but I would think you'd be like, oh, that's someone from Robin. Okay, that's <laughs> going to be a great introduction. Same as when Darlene because I know Darlene, because I know her values and what she stands for, I knew immediately when she sent me the LinkedIn message, this is someone you need to talk to. Great. I think I'm going to like this person. And then sure enough, I did. Right. So I think that's powerful. And we've done 166 of these episodes. Now, by the time today is done, we'll have 170. And there's so many great people. And what's happening now is there's this community and people are reaching out to Al and I to say, hey, can I get an introduction to, you know, Sifumi? I heard his podcast, amazing, I want to meet this person. But it's happening outside of us even. Like people are connecting, even without that introduction, just reaching out to someone and saying, I've heard so many stories and it's on a global basis now. You know, like I had one chief people officer on that was contacted by another chief people officer over in Stockholm, Sweden, and they've developed a relationship. So... It's really cool. And, I'm and you know, for my part and Al's part, I'm glad that we're able to provide that. But I'm really happy to hear that. And it sounds very successful for you, that you're willing to help these people get to that next level. And you're humble about it, of course. But again, I think you have a lot of that in your future. So that's really awesome to hear. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, Safumi, you got a bit of an opportunity here
2: to promote your business and everything. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your mission for people, for your business? Like, who would come to see you to say, hey, can you help me? And what could they get out of it at the end?
0: Of course, yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll tell you more about even just like how we arrived at our mission and then tell you more about the business in a little bit. I think there are two, maybe three professions in this world whereby the education system is very well designed for them. And that's like the doctors, the lawyers, maybe the accountants because of the path. Like a lot of things are standardized. With medicine specifically, and that's the example I'll give, you know, you go to med school, think like that you do, residency, right, before you become an attendant. And residency is a very interesting concept because you, know, you get to watch a lot of surgeons perform surgery, you get to be in those real-world scenarios, you get quizzed, and you get to be able to think as if you're in that real environment. You get to assist before you get to then these surgeries on your own. And that is a multi-year process. But there are very few disciplines in the world that have that level of you know, education. And of course, like, you know, with surgery and, and medicine, People's lives are in your hands. I mean, it's a huge responsibility. But now we're in the world where, by a lot of things can impact people's lives beyond just like opening them up or trying to cure their diseases or like prescribing the drug for them. And right now, in the age of technology, we're building products that can be detrimental to people's health. We're building products that can actually sway elections, that can change people's opinions. And that is on a kind of global catastrophic level. The impact is remarkable. And then so with the tech industry, we really want to make it easy and make it possible for people to know what it is they're doing before they're able to land the job. So similar to like a medical school residency, we want people to be able to have that training so that once they actually break in, they're able to succeed, they're able to grow their careers faster. They're able to have that confidence and the competence to know that they can succeed and they can just do amazing things, and that helps them accelerate their career. And that helps them impact more people, but also instill this sense of goodness to them that whatever it is that you do, try to do it for good, try to think about other people. We want the industry to be representative of the people that we see around us today, and there's still a lot of work to be done. So that is sort of like what our mission is. We want hands-on learning, hands-on training to be accessible to everyone and to every form of job roles and responsibility in the tech industry. And we're focused on the tech industry. Of course, there's so much more we can do with education. But the tech industry is one that that's sort of like our space. And we want people to know that they have the skills. And right now, we're even focused on product management. So, and the reason why we start with product management is because they make a lot of the decisions when it comes to like how products are designed, the way this product that we're using right now, the way it's designed, and how other people interact with it, and how we interact with technology. There's a lot of things going on with AI. So product managers are the ones leading the charge of like what should exist, what shouldn't exist. And then so we want to build the next generation of product managers who... Are uh, well trained. They have all the experience. They have all the expertise, and then so our program essentially does that. We simulate what it feels like to be in these roles. We give you a lot of the foundational training. You get to be able to like actually work with engineers, work with designers, work with you know mentors to be able to. Build something of your own, but also learn how other amazing, great products are built. And one of the things I'm excited about next year is that we're actually even venturing into entrepreneurship. We want to help other entrepreneurs start businesses. And that's also another thing that requires hands-on experience because you can't read about starting a business. You need to just go ahead and do it. So we want people to be able to build amazing technology businesses and we want to support them through that education and creating more products that can impact a lot of other people's lives. We're seeing a lot of that stuff naturally happen today with what people have done with our program, but we want to take it a step further. So if you're an entrepreneur or a product manager, if you want to build tech products or products that can impact people's lives or products on the internet that anyone in the world can use. And we want to be able to like help you go from zero to one and build on that expertise so that way you can impact more and more people because software has the ability to touch many people's lives beyond the one-on-ones that we do. And then so that's sort of like what's going to transcend just the individual. So that's sort of like our mission. and That's why I'm excited about it and why we have open doors and we, we want to train as many people as possible. Yeah, so, so this is an exciting
2: time for sure. Yeah, that's great. And I love the story. And I love what you're doing to help out people. And I know that you even shared last time that you've actually had some people come full circle that some of the people that you've worked with are now helping you help other people, which is a great story, too. So it shows that, you know, your success and your commitment. So appreciate that. Thanks for sharing it.
1: Al, what do you think the chances are that Safumi has a pretty good answer for your signature question that's coming up?
2: Yeah, pretty good. And I think he's already doing it just with everything he's doing already. But are you prepared for this, Safumi? Have you seen the question? You know what's coming?
1: Yeah, I think I know the question that you're
0: about to ask me. Should...
2: <laughs> cool. Here goes. So a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting?
0: Yeah, I thought about this question. I think it's it's wonderful. And this is the first of its kind that I've heard. But when I reflected on it,
2: it made me
0: realize how important it is what we're doing today. And I think sort of like the story that I shared with my grandfather and whatnot. And I do think that when you're empowering people, people have people can do remarkable things. Like right? One individual can actually change the world. I think sometimes we think about it as a bit of a stretch that, you know, I'm just one person, what can I do? But... One person can impact other people. One person can start a company. One person can build a product that now is being used by millions, if not billions of people. And I do think that there is a world and there is a time whereby a lot of the education that we provided, the philosophies, the communities, the connections that we made, will overall create an impact and value whereby... It's not something that I would have been able to do just myself, just as an individual, that can go on and transform industries, that will create job opportunities for more people. We're all employers here. We hire people, but you know, I only have a small team. And eventually, I do want to empower someone to have the confidence to know that they can not just join this company, but join a company and hire others, which is sort of like already happening in our community. Right? People are graduating. they're mentoring people, they've hired people from our program because they're alumni and they have roles open. But the next phase of that is we want people to start companies and those companies get to hire people and create jobs, create opportunities for people that helps families and allows people to do the amazing work that they want to do. Because if you're doing a great job at work, you're a better husband, you're a better father, you're a better person because you like what you do, you're not stressed about what you do, and you're contributing to society. And I want to contribute to society in a world where others can help other people, whether it's directly or indirectly, whether it's like forming relationships, whether it's like creating job opportunities, whether it's like mentorship. And that I think will just, I hope that continues to happen past my time that when I'm gone people take some of like those readings that I put together in the world and those philosophies and those programs to be able to continue to create additional value whereby they might not even know there was like some random guy that grew up in Nigeria that actually pioneered this way of learning you know this philosophy so I'll say that like, that's something that I'll be incredibly happy about it, that as part of my story
2: well I'm sure you're going to continue to have impact on a lot of people and that will be ongoing and you know, I think if you look back the other way, because you already talked about, you know, your great grandfather and your grandfather, you know, I think you're definitely continuing that legacy of allowing future generations to be able to be empowered and build on what the previous generations have done, just like what you've had happen. So. That's great. Appreciate that.
1: Well, I think you have such a great message and I'm going to be really excited when this episode goes out because I know we're going to get a lot of feedback and I want to thank another, you know, another big thank you to Darlene and it just proves my thesis that really good people know other really good people and I always appreciate those introductions. So thank you so much for joining us and thank you for sharing your story. What's the best way for people to reach out to yourself if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at CoLab?
0: Of course, again, first of all, thank you to Darlene as well. It's a wonderful introduction. It's such a pleasure getting to know you, Robin, and I will ask so many thoughtful questions. and I appreciate the relationship. And I hope that we continue to nurture it. In terms of like, where to find me, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I try to post on LinkedIn every day. So it's just my name, Shafumi Oshinaike, on LinkedIn. And yeah, I try to be on there. I try to respond to every message I get. So. People want to find me, that's one of the best ways to connect with me. Sometimes I'm on Twitter, like I'm not as active. My Twitter is Shifumi, O-S-H-Y, so it's like half of my last name. So I think that's the best way to connect
1: with you. Okay, perfect. Well, that does it for today's episode. As you can tell, Al and I enjoyed this conversation. We hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. <music>